Welcome to a couple of Rad Tech's podcasts where we bring you an inside look at the world of radiology from the unique perspective of a married couple of radiologic technologists. Together, we have over 30 years of experience in the field and are here to demystify the science of medical imaging. Radiology is the unsung hero of the medical field, providing doctors with crucial images and information that help diagnose and treat illnesses. Join us as we explore the latest techniques, technologies, and innovations in radiology and discover the vital role we play in the healthcare industry. So come along for the ride as we share our passion for radiology as a married couple. I want to welcome our guest today to our podcast. We're having a really intimate conversation today, and I appreciate my two guests. We have Heike Yates. She's going to be sharing her experience with the radiology modality mammography, giving us an insight on everyday people having to get these radiology exams and from the patient's perspective. I want to welcome our expert today, our mammography technologist, Nicole Bemister. She's going to give us a little background on how long she's been a mammographer, what is it like day to day, and what is mammography. So welcome, ladies, to our podcast. Thank you for having us. Thank you. So we're going to start out. Nicole, could you tell us a little bit about what is mammography? How long have you been doing mammography? I've been a mammography technologist for about 13 years now. I perform both uh, screening and diagnostic mammography at both clinic and hospital settings. And so what is mammography? There's a screening and a diagnostic mammography portion. Screening mammography is, you can kind of think of it in the same spectrum as like your pap test, like those asymptomatic patients that are just coming for their either yearly or biannually checkup just to screen for breast cancer. So our goal is finding it at its earliest stage. Diagnostic mammography is a little bit more of an investigation. So we have an array of patients. So this is for our breast cancer patients, patients who are having new concerns and symptoms who may require kind of a more investigative imaging as well as patients that we are following. And then of course we have kind of more interventional mammography and that's when we're performing procedures such as biopsies and fine wires. And those are, again, more investigating for areas of concern. Very interesting because most people probably think when it comes to mammography is just getting the breast squeezed, right? You yes. know, the pain, <laughs> those things like that. I know yes. <laughs> my first one was at 24. Heike, tell us about your experience. You've had a mammogram and that's what you wanted to come on and talk about with our audience today. Give us a patient's perspective of your first mammogram. You know, the first mammogram, I don't even remember when I got it. But since I am very terrible at self-examining <laughs> my breasts, my OBGYN always says, are you checking your breasts? And I'm like, well, yeah, but I don't really know what I'm looking for. And she checks it every year with our checkup. And she does whatever she does, you know, on the breast. And I'm like, I would never check it like this. And I probably mm -hmm. totally miss any nodules that might be occurring. And so when I went to my first, I always have to say, I live here in Maryland. And the women that I encounter that are going through the process to get me to get my, what I call my breasts into a pancake form <laughs> are always super nice. From the check-in, the registration person to the person that says, here is your room, change into another gown because you have to take your bra and your top off. You have to make sure you don't wear a deodorant. And I'm not sure if, if many women actually go there without a deodorant because you don't have stinky armpits. <laughs> so, but everybody has been super nice and I'm always... Or I'm trying at least to be proactive with my health. I'm going to be 62 this year. So I've been without fail, at least since my mid-30s, mm -hmm. every year for my mammogram. And like you 
we talked a little earlier and I just got a, a call back this year. So, but when you go in, just takes your boob and smashes it down <laughs> and puts some screws and then you have to hold your breath and, and sometimes it pinches. Yeah. And sometimes you basically suck it up. And they and they always tell me I have really dense breasts. Mm-hmm. I don't have big, large breasts, but I have smallish, dense breasts. And they're like, we really got to get a good picture. And you get from three different angles, and your arms got to be somewhere in the right position. Yeah. <laughs> but like I said, everybody is so nice. They're like, okay, mm-hmm. here you hold on. Let me just gently nudge that breast where it needs to go. And all that tissue. That's good that you have that experience because that's what I think is important. I've been getting mem- I got my first mammogram at 24. I had a right a lump in my right breast. Breast cancer is very heavy in my family. I actually just went through genetic testing recommended by my new OBGYN because of the history of cancer in just my mother's side. And it's interesting, I'll tell later, interesting what I found out from this new breast doctor that I started going to. Actually, my first breast doctor. I didn't know there was such a thing that you should have a breast doctor. And I'm going to start advocating for that. And Nicole can talk more about it. I'm not sure. Do you work in a hospital? Tell us, do you work in a hospital? Because mammography, I'm I'm finding here in Atlanta, we have actual breast centers where all (laughs) they do is everything breast. And then you can get them done at hospitals. What about you? What's been your year, 13 years of experience? So I live in Canada. I'm so I'm in Vancouver, BC. I mostly work in a private clinical setting. We do screening and diagnostic mammography. And then I also work casually at a breast imaging department at a big hospital. And it's at the hospital where we do those interventional procedures and kind of preoperative for example, fine wires before lumpectomies and things like that. We have less breast centers in Canada than in the States, but we do have certain hospitals that do things such as as breast procedures for further investigations. I want to ask both of you this question because for me, I told you I was important for me to get a mammogram because of my history of breast cancer. Well, some people don't have that in their family, but as a experienced mammography technologists, why do you think mammograms are so important? But what's the recommendation now? Well, people typically think that it has to be family history to put you at risk, but actually about 80% of our breast cancers are just the general population with no extra risk on top of them. And from kind of a technologist perspective, we really see firsthand the effect that breast cancer has on patients. So one in eight women will get breast cancer. So if we're doing 100 patients in a day, that's eight of our patients in a day. That's huge. And being able to find these cancers, the whole point of mammography is to find a cancer before you can feel it, before you have symptoms, and before it has the ability to spread. Typically, we can find a cancer two to three years before you could ever feel it. Of course, there are kind of outlier cancers that are much faster, but the huge majority of breast cancers we find them years before. And that is our goal is that you come in for your mammogram, we find it, we biopsy it, we treat it, and you carry on with your life. And, you know, that is our goal as technologists is to get these. I know it's, we're squishing your boobs there. It's not <laughs> fun, but we're, we're not just boob squishers. <laughs> there is actually a lot of art to mammography because a cancer can actually live in a centimeter of your breast. When we're positioning your breast onto that plate, every single centimeter, so that big counts. And getting every single little bit in that picture is so important because you are there for your health. You are there to ensure that 
there is no abnormalities. So we really don't want to miss anything. And it is just so amazing that we have a tool like this disposable to to the public. I know it is everybody's personal choice if they utilize it or not, but it is an amazing tool to find cancers years and years before. And before. mammograms have become so advanced too. And yes. Heiko, I want to hear from a patient's point of view. Why was it important for you to get a mammogram? It's funny. This is how it happens. I'm always about prevention. I'm a Pilates coach. I want to know when my people come to me with things that are needing medical attention, that they've seen somebody, got a diagnosis from a doctor or a physical therapist. I am not a doctor. I'm not a physical therapist. I'm a coach. I teach Pilates. I teach fitness. I know a lot after 35 years, but they need to have the diagnosis first. And for some reason is that I fell into also partially a niche of helping breast cancer survivors with Pilates. So the more you learn about this very dark side or can be very dark side of breast cancer, the more you want to get tested. And like Nicole says, you want to know way before you feel it, that there is an abnormality, that there is something not okay, which you can't feel and, and not have to go through chemotherapy, not have to go to the radiation, not being on, on drugs for five years, not being able to recover, maybe having both breasts removed because it was not detected early enough. And that to me, Chandria, is, is reason enough. It's priceless. That is, and yeah. I, I love how you you both talked about prevention. Catching cancers, mammography has the ability to catch it mm -hmm. years in advance. That's prevention. And then Heike, you didn't wait until something happened. And you're a Pilates teacher over 35 years. And I love that you talked about how you've seen this new opening where you can help women who are recovering from breast cancer. That's just amazing to me because I think about the five aunts I had who in the 80s passed away and had a cousin that was 32 passed away of breast cancer. The technology wasn't there. We don't talk about it. It's just not something women spoke about. And for me to lose six women because technology wasn't advanced or we just didn't talk about it. I'm telling you, after this appointment today, I'm, I'm calling the men and the women in my family because of my genetic testing that I was able to get done that revealed things and an amazing doctor and professionals, technologists, who really spoke with me and talked to me. So I'm going to go and educate the rest of my family because we have this gene lurking somewhere. Mm -hmm. It's true too. Men can have breast cancer too. Mm -hmm. So yeah. we would always talk about women, but men are at risk as well. I don't know what, what percentage, but we mm -hmm. shouldn't exclude them. It's definitely mm -hmm. going up for me. And I don't know the exact percentage, but it's definitely going up. For I believe me. it's about like one to three percent ish sitting there. We do get quite a few men come in. Of course, the the cancers we get is maybe one, maybe two a year at our centers. But we definitely do see men and it is really important. And there's almost kind of a bit of a level of embarrassment for men because mm. it isn't something that's talked about. And that is something we need to talk about more because breast health is for all of us. Of course, it's affecting women a lot more, but we don't want a man to kind of stray away from coming in if they need it. Yes, that's so important. So let me ask this, because Heike has talked about the experience from a patient's point of view of getting a mammogram. I learned this because not only are there mammograms, and I think people should know this because I have fibrocystic breast disease, very dense breast. I always get called to do an ultrasound literally the same day I get the mammo. I go get the ultrasound. They don't even do mammos on me really anymore, but maybe once every five or 10 years because they can't see a thing. So my doctor requires me to get an ultrasound and then the MRI of the breast because they just can't see anything with the mammo. 
But this is what I didn't know. And I work in radiology. I remember when they first started doing breast MRIs, it was for those that had the genetic testing first. And now I see more and more women. So I went and got nationally certified in screening and mammograms because I really wanted to understand the science behind just not just putting someone on the MRI table because we had to call in their mammograms from years back. We had to connect all of these dots. And I felt clueless because I didn't do mammography. And I feel like as a technologist, I needed to put those pieces together to give my patient the best experience and to make sure I was doing this test correctly because this was somebody's life. And it was very personal to me because I have been through this since the age of 24. And now here I am getting MRIs of the breast. And I learned that their breast is not just what sits in our bra. Breast tissue can go all the way up here. It's underneath the arm. So much more is included. Can you talk more about that? Because I think the population needs to understand that your breast tissue is way more than size. So it's basically, so your, your sternum in the middle there, your collarbone all the way up there, your underarms, your axilla, and then all the way underneath. And that's why we do kind of a, a top squish and a side squish. <laughs> so our top squish there is getting kind of the inner and outer breast and everything in the front, whereas our side squish is really getting kind of everything on the top into the underarm all the way down. It's called your infer inferior <laughs> memory fold, your IMF. So that's underneath here, and that's kind of where your, your wire of your bra, I guess, would sit. And I agree, a lot of people think it's kind of just that front piece, but really that upper outer quadrant there is where the majority of cancers are found. And it is really important for us all the way up there and getting a really good view to see the breast tissue in its entirety. This has been so nice, such <laughs> a warm, inviting conversation. I would love for you, for you each to tell a little more about yourselves because the audience has heard all of this great information from Heike and Nicole. Heike, tell the audience more about you. I've been a coach for 35 years. I've been teaching Pilates for 25 years, and I am focusing on women that are especially empty nester moms like myself that are over 50, 60 and beyond. And I help women thrive in their empty nest with fitness, nutrition and mindset strategies to move forward, to live healthier, to live more vibrant and fuller and healthier lives. I have, uh, this is not a joke. I have little <laughs> cards in my studio. So I have my Pursue Your Spark virtual program, but I also have a brick and mortar studio where I have the little shower hangy thingy, how you can chest your breast yourself. So it's step-by-step, step, maybe a little outdated, but I still have it. And a little pamphlet for women to check their breasts and what to look for when they think there's something abnormal. Health to me is everything around a woman's life, not just the fact I want to lose weight. We're not right. going to lose weight at one point or another, <laughs> or we want to look less shrivelly or whatever, but living healthy and mm -hmm. healthful is what, what I'm really all about. Quality of life. And you look amazing, I just want to <laughs> say. <laughs> and I would say, I love that you have this shower hanging. I grew up with my mom having one in our shower. And I used to, you know, play around with it. Now that I'm over 40, I don't miss a month. And when you see the importance of just doing it. And I found my own lumps. And I credit that to self-breast exams. You know your breast. With my fibrocystic breast, people say, well, how can you tell with all those? I say, no, the cyst is different. There's a difference when something is a, not a normal lump, if, if that makes sense. Nicole, please tell us as well a little bit about yourself. You know, tell the audience who you are. Well, I'm a new mom. So I have a 15 month old now. So that's kind of been a new journey for me. I truly love 
my profession. I kind of live and breathe breast imaging. When you really see the effect we get to have on patients, I personally have been through the healthcare system a lot for own personal health things and can really see how challenging it can be, how vulnerable things can be, and how important that education piece is and how it's missing a lot of times. Truly kind of relating that to breast imaging is being able to make a very scary exam People have nerves over the outcome, but also, I mean, you are really opening yourself up vulnerably to a a stranger to allow them, not only are you trusting them with your health, but you're allowing them to touch your naked body. Right. So in educating fellow technologists in breast health, in patient care, in superior techniques, I'm really passionate about and really speaking about breast imaging so that patients can also understand a little bit more about what we do. We don't enjoy, you know, squishing you and causing you pain. There is more to it. And I'm really, really grateful that I get to be in a profession where I get to help people, especially women, being a woman myself and now having a daughter. I'm really wanting to improve, continually improve the outcome for for me and all the women in my life. I'm really grateful to to be in this profession. I love it. This is a panel of three women who are personally touched by this. And we all love to see people have a good quality of life, especially other women. So let's continue the conversation. Do you each have maybe like a, a 30 second last thing you would like to encourage women when it comes to getting their mammogram? Go ahead, Heike. Don't be scared. <laughs> Don't be scared. There's now two ways to get a mammogram. Like I said, the pancake version, as I like to call it. <laughs> and like Nicole explained, it's really not the pancake, but now you know. But there's also the 3D version now. That is a mm-hmm. choice. So don't be scared. You feel vulnerable, like Nicole says. But you know what? What's the flip side? A couple of minutes being vulnerable and a little scared to a lifetime of health. That's all I got to say. She took the words right out of my mouth. I would say from a technologist's perspective is don't be afraid to speak up. Every single person has a different comfort, different Mm. pain level, different level of nervousness. When you're walking into that appointment, know that we are there for you. So if you have a question, if you have a concern, if you are uncomfortable, if something is hurting you, don't ever be afraid to speak up ask a question because we are there for you. We are in this profession because we are truly genuinely passionate about it. We are educators. Just communicate with us because we are there to make this the best experience for you and really to take care of your health. Well, I thank you both for coming and spending your time with us. It's been short, but I feel like it's been just really powerful. And the message coming so genuinely from each of you, I want to say thank you so much for being a part of my podcast. And that's a wrap for this episode of A Couple of Rad Techs Podcasts. We hope you enjoyed our discussion of the fascinating world of radiology and learned something new about the role we play in the healthcare industry. If you have any questions or topics that you'd love for us to cover, feel free to reach out and let us know what they are. and. You guys, please, if you enjoyed this podcast or any of the other episodes, we want to hear what you thought. Leave us a review. Mama's got to pay our bills. It helps. And until next time, stay tuned for more insightful and informative episodes of A Couple of Rad Techs podcast.